Kia ora I'm Sue Berman and this is Real Gold. This month, the Real Gold case in the Special Collections Reading Room houses rare and precious manuscripts selected to honour the UNESCO International Year of Indigenous Languages. To tell us more about these manuscripts is Heritage Outreach Specialist Renee Orr. Kia ora Renee. Kia ora. I'm so looking forward to hearing the story about these real gold taonga. Mm -hmm. So um, tell, tell us what we're looking at here today. We've got two manuscripts in the case and they're both from um, the collection relating to a man called Lancelot Edward Threlkeld and he was a missionary, he worked as a missionary in Australia in the early 19th century mm -hmm. and what we're looking at is um, firstly a translation of the Gospel of St Luke and that is um, the Gospel of Luke translated into the uh, indigenous language Awabakal. Um, and secondly um, we have his lexicon um, to the Gospel which is sort of like a dictionary um, explaining both the pronunciation and the meaning of the words that you find in hmm. the Gospel. And so he was working in the in the New South Wales area and had a relationship with the indigenous people. Is that how? Yeah, that's right. So he he arrived in Australia from initially um, the Society Island, Island. So he was employed by the London Missionary Society, and he set up a mission um, in at Lake Macquarie. Mm -hmm. And so the community that he was working in were the um, Aboriginal communities of the um, Hunter River and Lake Macquarie peoples. And he has one of his kind of first. Um, jobs really was to learn the language and um, then as many missionaries did to kind of produce a written version of the scriptures that would be part of the kind of um, you know evangelical movement the kind of christianizing um, and also I guess colonizing mission that they had and so um, that's that's what he did and the context of the time I guess was that at that stage a lot of missionaries had largely given up on learning local languages and he was um, sort of unusual in the fact that he um, he really kind of took on that task and met with enthusiasm um, with the, the local people that he engaged with. And on the wall here we mm. have one of those people. Um, so this is Beraban and Beraban um, has been described by many people as um, Threlkau's daily companion who was an enthusiastic teacher and um, they worked together very, very closely on these manuscripts and Threlkeld um, credits Beraban really with um, a lot of the translation work that produced them. Mm. And you have more information um, for us about, you know, relation to Beraban and that, that portrait, which I thought was kind of interesting um, around the history of, of the treatment or the relationship of Aboriginal people um, in relation to his being kidnapped as a child and so do we, how do we know, what do we know about that part of yeah, the story? Yeah, so, so the, the, sources are, the sources are quite thin, I mm. would say, and I would, I would love to know more about that. Um, but that's the information that I have read, that um, he was kidnapped or taken, as many Aboriginal children were, and um, he was raised in the military barracks at Sydney, and there's a suggestion that he worked or he served mm. a particular military captain. Um, Beraban was not the name that he had when he was a child. He was given the name when he was um, in that military barracks, um, McGill, and that name um, is a reference to Captain J.M. Gill, who right. he 
worked for or served, that context is a little bit unclear to me. Mm. Um, and then later when he um, went through his tribal um, initiation from boyhood to manhood, he assumed the name Beraban, um and that became his name going forward. Um, and he was a, um, a tribal leader and a tribal representative and an advocate um, for his people in dealings with the authorities. And, mm. and, um, and the missionaries, obviously. And the missionaries, yeah, that's right. Um, his portrait is here on the wall because Threlkeld included it in his publications and um, was careful to include it in, in both these unpublished um, draft copies of his works and really many times um, in his letters to newspapers um, and in other publications he, he always refers to Beraban as being his principal aide, um, consultant, informant mm. and um, I guess colleague. Mm. And just in relation to the Indigenous, the International Year of the Indigenous Languages, mm -hmm. these volumes, of course, are sort of coming into into play today. Twenty um, first century, yeah. yeah. Just tell me a little bit about. They're really significant. I mean, in eighteen ninety two, they were published um, by a man called um, John Fraser. And at that point, um, it was sort of said that they were being published as a curiosity of, of no practical use. Um, but today, we recognise them as being incredibly important because they record the language when it was um, widely and comprehensively spoken by local peoples. And um, Threlkeld's work is particularly important because he was so um, dedicated and rigorous and um, careful with his work. This um, Gospel of Luke is his fourth revision, and mm. in a letter to Gray, he um, he states that he wouldn't have anybody else copy it because somebody else would inevitably introduce mistakes. And um, he he basically spent his life revising this work um, and trying to get it to as accurate a kind of version as possible. Our colleagues in Australia um, at the State Library of New South Wales um, have been doing a lot of work in this area, working with the original text and also with um, knowledge holders and language custodians. And so, yeah, they're, they're really kind of going back to these original texts as key sources mm. for trying to um, reconstruct languages that um, are being rediscovered and revived, but where um, the, they're not widely spoken mm -hmm. at the moment. So this edition here is absolutely unique? It's completely unique, um, partly because it came into Gray's collection, so um, um, Gray being a um, keen linguist and um, having a strong interest in Indigenous languages himself, um, supported Threlkeld and in fact supported him financially to produce this version mm. and so um, this was written specifically or copied out specifically for Gray in around 1857 um, Threlkeld sent it to Gray in 1858 and um, as I said it's the fourth the fourth version and his final version because Threlkeld did die in 1859. Right. Um, when Gray received it at some point um, he had his friend Annie Layard, who was the wife of Gray's private secretary, decorate it in the style of an illuminated medieval manuscript. Mm. So that's why it looks the way it does. Um, when it would have come to Gray, it would have been very plain. Because um, it's very ornate, in fact, it, as it's presented now. Yeah, so mm. it does look as though it is um, much older than it is. 
um, like a medieval manuscript. Right. It's got the floral decoration, yeah. the page we're looking at here has a full page miniature or a full page illustration of St. Luke and that's been done in the style of the manuscripts that Gray has in his collection. Um, and Annie would have been able to see Gray's medieval manuscripts and she's produced something which is in the style of. One of the interesting things about this page that in the floral border surrounding mm. St. Luke is that you have six birds and the birds are um, they're accurate though very very small depictions of um, native birds mm. that live in the Lake Macquarie area um, and partly this is a you know um, a reference to where where this book comes from I guess in terms of its source in the Awabakal language and the Awabakal kind of people um, but um, Annie's husband, um, Edgar, was an ornithologist, so he was a, a lover of birds. And, um, you know, the Victorians were very, very keen on the scientific project in all areas. Um, so recording language accurately, recording birds and fauna and flora accurately. And so she's, um, she's depicted these native birds um, as the tiny scientific illustrations. Mm, they're beautiful. Yeah. Parrots at the top, which of course is so synonymous with Australian bird life. Yeah, so there's the red-winged parrot, the eastern rosella, crested pigeon, the regent bowbird, brolga, and the white-faced heron. Wow. And I think all but one of these birds can still be seen in the area. And what do we know about the lexicon um, and its discoverability now? researchers? Yeah, so one of the things that we've done um, as part of the um, International Year of Indigenous Languages is that, you know, we've had lots of inquiries about these books over the years mm. and so it seemed high time that we digitise them and so we can make them available, you know, like if not at least to our Australian colleagues um, and the, you know, people that are really working on these language projects now. Um, so you can um, see these books now um, on Kura Heritage Collections online. So the digital images from them are all there. So the, the gospel is there and also the lexicon. The lexicon is interesting because it's um, unfinished. Um, so Threlkeld didn't finish it. It doesn't go from A to Z. There are many letters which are, are missing. Um, and there are other versions as well. So I believe that um, when John Fraser was producing his um, published version, he had a copy in his possession and there's some letters between him and Gray as well around which letters this book has versus which letters the version he had. Um, yeah, I've opened the page here mm. to B. Um, so I was looking, I was looking really at how to correctly pronounce Bear Bun's name and um, I went to the lexicon and was happy to see um, that about halfway down the page you have B which is B-I and through our cards written sounds S and B an insect so that was useful to me um, to be able yes, to get because you could otherwise say bye quite easily couldn't you? That's right. that reference. Yeah and um, I should say there are lots of different ways that I have seen his name spelt as well mm -hmm. um, Threlkeld has been careful to do dashes in between the syllables so you can kind of break break that down in terms of the sounds. So people are welcome to come and see this actual content here at 
Central City Library for the month of August. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And um, and of course, at any time, if people are not able to come in August, they can come and ask to see the original. Otherwise, go to Kura Heritage Collections online to view the digitised copy. That's right. So um, thanks very much, Renee. And You're welcome. It's awesome Thank to you. have this work out in the real gold case. Thanks so.